Welcome to the Modern Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Cargilla, and this is a podcast dedicated to changing the story around pain. Hear me and guest co-hosts talk to amazing people who have battled difficult situations to live well with pain. We will also talk with clinicians and researchers from around the world who are working to help us better understand and treat pain. Join me in changing the story around pain. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Thank you so much for taking time to listen in on our podcast. Our goals with the podcast are to change the story around pain and doing it by sharing the stories of those who are living well with pain and those who are trying to help their patients and clients live well with pain in their own lives. In this month's episode, Gillette and I had the privilege of speaking with Tammy Link. Her story is a really interesting one, and she's going to discuss her journey with persistent pain and how seeing it through a pain science lens really helped her navigate her way to living well again. We're going to discuss Pilates, yoga, and some alternative medicine approaches that she encountered along her journey, and she's going to discuss what she found helpful and less helpful in those approaches. Tammy has a yoga practice here in Phoenix, Arizona, where she works with athletes along with clients dealing with eating disorders, substance abuse, and chronic pain. If you want to learn more about Tammy, you can check out our show notes and also find her at livemovebyoga.com. That's all one word. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you check out those show notes to get to know more about Tammy and modern pain care and our work to help change the story around pain. And without further ado, here is Tammy Link. So first off, Tammy, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. And I just wanted to welcome, welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for asking me. So if you don't mind, what we like to do is get folks to kind of tell us their background and their story around pain. So can you tell us your story with pain? Yeah. So um, it's been, you know, it started in 1999. So there's a lot to say, but I'll try to um, kind of give you some some bullet points. Um, my earliest memory and like kind of where I can start to trace some things back to was, um, I was in massage therapy school and it was towards the end of the, um, towards the end of my training. It was a couple year program and, um, getting ready to graduate. And I was working at a, uh, restaurant at the time. And, um, it was a restaurant where we like made and sold pies. So it was like, a, there was a huge bakery in the back and we'd have these huge pie racks. I don't think Joe even knows the story, but we had these huge pie racks and, um, I was wheeling it down the, like kind of call it like the little alleyway. And there was a drain that was left open. It didn't have the covering on it, little hole in the ground. And so one of the wheels to the cart went in the hole and the whole like pie rack fell on me. So I'm kind of holding up this massive, um, pie rack and kind of tweaked my shoulder and neck and stuff. And so after that, I had some, had some pain. So I went to a doctor and then it was like a whole, you know, I was just going to go to the doctor myself. And then someone said something about workman's comp or I think, cause it happened anyway, it had to ended up being a whole workman's comp thing. Um, and that was the, that was my, uh, earliest memory of, um, really feeling like dismissed or, um, that I was, you know, making my whole pain thing up. Cause I would just, you know, describing the symptoms and, and everything. And it, it's a whole, like, you know, it's a pretty intimidating, I know Joe has been through this. It's a pretty intimidating interview because you're basically, you kind of know this person is determining and looking at you like, 
are you actually in pain? <laughs> like, and, um, so it was, it, yeah, it was nerve wracking. And, uh, uh, they basically determined that the reason that I had the pain that I did was because I was in school for massage therapy and, and, um, and said, we're not going to cover you. So it was, I don't know, it was just not a fun experience. And so anyway, I was left with this, um, pain and I don't know if, if anything happened, I don't know if it was coincidental and it doesn't even matter, but that's just kind of earliest, um, place I can trace it back to. Um, I mean, I guess it does matter, but, uh, so anyway, so I started my career as massage therapist and, um, was going fine for a while until the pain got worse. I had, um, had some pain in my wrist, but, um, this, uh, this is around the time too, when I was in school for massage therapy, I found yoga. So again, this is like 90, 90, 98 or so that I found yoga. And so, um, I remember going to a workshop and, um, the, the teacher, I mean, this is really old school yoga is just like, Oh, the, the reason you have wrist pain is because of your shoulder. So I'll just give you a few simple shoulder stretches and, and you're good. And it, and it totally worked. I mean, I, my wrist pain went away and never came back, but I still had neck and, um, shoulder pain. And now there's, as I'm telling this, I can kind of, you know, we can pause or I'll probably pause in a couple places. And I kind of know now through like the pain science lens, like why certain things worked along the way. But, um, so, uh, so anyway, I continued with this neck and shoulder pain and it just wouldn't go away, wouldn't go away, wouldn't go away and was becoming worse and worse. And obviously as a massage therapist, um, you know, I would come home from work on days, um, with clients and just cry because I was just in so much pain. And, um, that led to me calling in more because there would be some days the pain was so bad that I just, I couldn't fathom going in and working on other people. And, and, uh, so the more I called in then I eventually, um, the, my boss had to let me go because I wasn't able to come in and see clients. So, um, so I, uh, started working at an office job and, uh, I worked in an office, uh, law office that my mom worked in and I just did office stuff. And at the same time as going back to school, I'm like, okay, well, the massage thing didn't work out. And I had, you know, intended to kind of go back and continue my education anyway. And so, um, but I, I wanted to go back and do something health related. And so I'm figuring out what I want to do. And all the while I still have this pain. And so, um, I'm like, well, maybe I'll look into physical therapy. And, um, I was like, well, maybe I should like see a physical therapist first. Cause I, you know, through this whole thing, you'll see that, um, I actually didn't see a lot of medical professionals about pain. Cause I think, you know, um, <laughs> in, in massage therapy school, you know, it's a lot of like learning about alternative medicine and health and stuff like that. And there's the tendency to be like, doctors don't know anything, all this ancient, like kind of all, all alternative stuff is better. So, right. So I'm not saying that's what I believe, but, um, it, you know, it, it, I think it kind of puts, um, it can implanted this, like all this other stuff knows better than the medical community. So I didn't really seek out a lot, but I, something drew me about, drew me to physical therapy. So I, I was like, well, maybe I'll be a physical therapist. Maybe I should actually go see a physical therapist to see if, um, uh, I can figure out this neck and shoulder pain. Cause I think at that point, this would be several years after, you know, the pain started that I just figured I was just going to have to live with this. Um, and so, 
uh, saw a physical therapist and he gave me, um, some stretches. He had some yoga background as well. So I think he, he knew I was interested in yoga. And so I think he gave me in a very, um, kind of yoga esque fashion, the exercises. And, um, so just like your simple rotate your head and look down and up and, you know, just, I think probably would be like a good old standard protocol for neck pain. And, um, so I did it and I diligently did the things and they didn't really help any. Um, but at the same time I was looking at, um, uh, I was doing some job shadowing for, with physical therapists to see if this is, you know, a career I actually wanted to go in that direction for. Um, I job shadowed a, a one PT and saw how much paperwork, um, <laughs> he had to do. And, uh, he was just like, yeah, that there's, a ton of paperwork. And my, my, what appealed to me was actually working with people. And I was like, God, if you don't get to work with people, I don't know if I want to be, I don't know if I want to be a PT. So I started job shadowing, uh, PT assistants, physical therapy assistants, and liked that better because the assistants seemed to be getting to interact with the people more. I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll go to physical therapy assisting school. Um, and one of the assistants that I shadowed one time in the, uh, um, office or in the, uh, clinic or whatever, they had a reformer, uh, Pilates reformer. So Pilates, um, uh, for anyone not familiar, you have like mat exercises, and then you also have various, uh, equipment they call it, like apparatus to practice this exercise system on. So, the, um, they had a reformer, which is used now in a lot of, a lot of physical therapists are kind of, um, into the Pilates thing and the equipment. So, so, um, the assistant ran me through some exercises on this machine and I was like totally intrigued, right? Cause I'm a yoga, uh, at that point I'd been a yoga practitioner for a while. And, um, this just, I, there was some, there was a feel to it that I really liked. And so, um, I started going to, I just found a Pilates studio, not even a, a PT, but just a Pilates studio and started getting lessons from this, um, instructor and, um, it started, um, helping. It was the first relief, first like real relief I had ever gotten from, um, my neck and shoulder pain. Looking back on it now, there were certain things that, that I can see now. I thought, um, which would end up, um, being somewhat of a disservice. I thought it was this like magical piece of equipment <laughs> and this, the, and Pilates is like what cured me, but I think it was more things. I think, um, one, I was doing something, um, different. So at the time I had only just been doing, um, yoga and weight training and the weight training had become like impossible to do because it was just, I was in, I was in mass amount of, amounts of pain anytime I, I get into the gym and then my yoga practice was suffering. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing a lot. So I think like, um, because everything had become so painful. So when I got to, uh, doing the Pilates, it actually, um, for some reason provided just a, a way for me to gain some strength, some new movements. Um, I was actually good at it. <laughs> I had a, a really good teacher. Um, he started me out just like with really good basics and, um, and he was very confident, right? So, I mean, I'm like kind of painting this whole pain science picture. Like he was very, he, he believed in what he was doing and he believed in me and constantly reminded me how strong I was. And, 
Um, anytime I would say I can't, if he, you know, as he started challenging me more, if I said, I can't do it, he's just like, he would, would never let me say can't, but not in a like, you know, militant, harsh way, just in a like, no, I, I think you can, like, we don't say can't, we just say try. And, um, and yeah, so I just started getting, um, kind of good at this thing and more feeling more confident and more like at home in my body. Uh, like my body kind of belonged to me for the first time in a while. And, um, and so I continued with that. I fell in love with Pilates and, um, was helping, but then you can only <laughs> Pilates, uh, equipment classes and private lessons are incredibly expensive. <laughs> so it was only so long that lasted. Cause I then was going to be moving out of my, I um, was living with my parents at this time, uh, back in with my parents. And so, uh, for that brief time I was with them, right. You know, I'm not paying rent for, from good old mom and dad, letting me stay there for free. So I had all this money to spend on Pilates and now I was going to be getting married and um, planning all that. And so I, it wasn't reasonable for me to expand as much as I was on Pilates anymore. So, so I stopped Pilates and, um, uh, the equipment stuff and continued with what, you know, I had, I had re regained, um, the ability to do my yoga practice again. So I was doing that and, and I've, I've always been an active person. So I hiking, walking and all that stuff. And, uh, um, but then slowly but surely the pain came back. And there are several things around that time, looking back now that I can see why, um, and stop me at any point if you, if this is going on a tangent or if it's going to somewhere where, um, you just want to pause, but, um, uh, there was a lot around this time. It was kind of one of those things, like a, just a lot of stressful life circumstances. Um, so um, that was going, I had a lot of anxiety. I started really struggling with, um, with actually anxiety and depression. So, um, and obviously those are, you know, prevalent within persistent pain and, um, contribute to it. So there's that. Um, and just again, you know, without getting to detail, a lot of the like life circumstance stuff was just, was incredibly difficult for me to deal with. And I didn't, um, at that time, I think have a lot of really good, um, coping skills to deal with everything that was going on. So it's just, my body just absorbed, I think everything. And I think also back then I believed that it was because I stopped doing, um, Pilates. And so then there was this fear, like, well, I can't afford to, you know, do this equipment work. So I, like, do I, do I even have a chance of like getting better? Like I have to get, I have to get better without this equipment. I can't be dependent on that like my whole life. So, um, so I just kind of started like experimenting and playing with things. I, I was, um, oh, I really dived into yoga therapy. Cause I was like, well, you know, maybe yoga therapy has some answers. So I just read a ton about um, you know, therapeutic approach to yoga. And, and I started taking a, a class at a community college here that has a yoga training program and then also a yoga therapy training program. And at that point I had gotten certified, um, to teach yoga and, um, and Matt Pilates as well. So I'd gotten at that time. And so I was in this, um, yoga therapy, uh, uh, training course at the college and they were using this book 
and I won't necessarily like kind of say the name of the book or, or this, this, um, method, Joe knows what I'm talking about, but, um, but it really intrigued me. It was like, um, it was a book about how to be pain-free, um, using, um, a certain set of exercises in a, in a particular methodology. And so, and, and it, um, what I really liked about it is that it talked about the whole body being connected and that, you know, your wrist is not just your wrist, it's connected to your shoulder, which then kind of, Oh, well that, that sounds familiar to me. I remember this yoga teacher who, you know, when I had wrist pain, she told me to work, do these stretches with my shoulders and my wrist got better. So, and I just, you know, I'd worked in holistic health for, uh, a time. And so I knew, you know, everything's connected, that nothing is separate. Your mind is not separate from your body and your, uh, your emotions and your relationships and the world around you and all that. So, um, so it just made sense. And so I just got curious about this, um, this method. And I, uh, found a, um, uh, they had a clinic here in Phoenix. And so I went and started, um, I actually went and, um, I, <laughs> I just, I just called and I said, are you hiring for anything? Cause I'll come work for you. Cause I just gotten so enamored with this book. I was just like, and I was really kind of tired of working in an office job. Cause I, I, I really am meant to work, um, in some sort of health related field. And so, um, so I was like, well, maybe this would be a fantastic place to work. And so they were hiring a receptionist. So I went and started working there as a receptionist. And, and then in the meanwhile, then I started working with, uh, the, uh, uh, physical therapist, he was a physical therapist that then started running this, this clinic, um, that was using like this, um, exercise therapy. And so, um, so I, um, yeah, at that point I had the neck and shoulder was, uh, through the roof and I'd also developed, um, pain in my hips and, oh, and so it, a, a, a trip to the doctor after out of desperation, you know, when I went to the doctor, he said, oh, it sounds like you have hip bursitis. Good luck with that. And at this point, I think it was 25, something like that. So, um, yeah, he's just was like, oh, it sounds like hip bursitis. Maybe you could try. I, I don't even remember what he said, but it was, it was like, so, sorry, that's, that's too bad. If it hurts too bad, then come in and, you know, whatever. So I was just like, we'll see, this is why I don't see doctors. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, and that sounds terrible. I love, there's a lot of really great doctors. I know really wonderful doctors who are doing good things. This just happened to be, he, he just, I mean, he didn't know he, what was he going to do. So, um, Anyway, so uh, I, at this new place that I started working at, they gave me um, a couple of exercise list of exercises to do. I did them, and my pain went away. And um, trying to think of how much to say about um, this uh, this particular method. Um, there's a lot of really good things about it. Um, one of the um, because they just believe that that movement is good for you, and that movement um, is something that we're designed to do, and, um, and it's helpful for your your whole self. Um, part of it, though, involved that everything has to be in a particular alignment, and that if you're not in these particular alignments, um, that that's where your problems are, um, and so. Um, so we did these exercises and, 
uh, my hip pain got better and, uh, and I started, um, sorry, I got distracted for a second. Um, lost my train of thought. Let me, let me back up. Uh, oh, got better. So, right. So I thought it was because I put my pelvis in the right place and then I was doing all, all these right things. And then again, like as it, as, um, as seemed to be my history, something would work for a little bit and then it, and then it wouldn't anymore. So, um, I will fast forward, um, to, you know, at, at, at some point I was no longer working at the, the pain clinic and, um, started just kind of pursuing things again. And, you know, the hip, hip pain never came back, um, or at least, um, for several years never came back. And then I, um, started just seeking out more things. So I came across the study of biomechanics and I came across a couple, um, biomechanists who along the same lines of like, um, you know, it's, it's this particular alignment that you're supposed to be in. I was like, okay, well that sounds familiar. So I kind of kept going down this, like fix your posture and alignment and, and everything will be okay. And so I kind of continued with now what I could see like another, okay, well, here's another method. Here's another like thing to, to do. And if I just do all of these things diligently that this person says to do, then I should, I should be okay. Um, and I wasn't, <laughs> so I'm, so I just started, I mean, it, it took me a painfully long time, but I started kind of waking up to like, oh, maybe like cookie cutter approaches and very simple, this thing is supposed to work for you. It doesn't work. And, um, I remember the first time, like really, uh, like, uh, like, um, alignment rules, like was shattered in my mind because I, I was watching this video. You, a lot of people have probably seen it. It's this video of this dog who I think he only has his front two legs and there's, he has like no back legs. So it kind of runs around on his, um, on his front legs with his like kind of hind end in, in the air or it might, Oh no, I think it's the reverse. Well, I, I anyway, I saw both, <laughs> saw both of them with dogs that are just, were just kind of wonky, right? Where like you got three legged dogs, you got some two legged dogs on. And I'm like, Oh, well they're out of alignment and they kind of look like they're doing okay. So if it, you know, and I put, started to put together, like dogs don't have like the mental stories and things that we do. Like, like maybe this is not about my alignment. <laughs> and, um, and so, um, anyway, just some threads started coming together. Some things started making more sense and that just kept me, I, I was just searching like a wild person and just looking up as much as I could online to try to just like, there's gotta be other people saying things about pain. Um, and so I, that's where I came across pain science and, um, and then I just went down that whole, that whole path and, um, started understanding what was going on in me better. Um, and, and then that went a whole other direction where I just got exposed to, you know, this how I met Gilletta. um, I, uh, I got certified in, in something called pain care yoga with uh, Neil Pearson, who integrates a lot of pain science into yoga. And so um, I use that myself as, as well as you know, with uh, people that I work with. And um, yeah, so now I do things for myself a bit differently. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I started 
doing once I came across pain science is I started moving <laughs> um, freely again. Um, I, I had constructed a very, I had a very safe little movement plan that I had kind of made for myself to try to keep everything cool. Um, and, uh, uh, again, it was just kind of, I thought it was, it was doing like the best I could, I could work with, but then I, um, yeah, I came across another like-minded yoga teacher who, um, integrated a lot of different stuff in the yoga practice and really like a, a traditional, like kind of big stretchy, um, yoga, uh, like kind of routine doesn't do great things for me. I, I integrated a lot of things that I learned through all, all kinds of different things. I kind of bring a lot of elements of Pilates and, and what I learned in Pilates into my yoga practice. And so I, I never really for a while, I should say that's different now, but for a while didn't feel good in like kind of traditional yoga classes with big stretches and stuff. I kind of needed to rein in my movement a little bit more. Um, so I found a yoga teacher who had like kind of a similar style to me and stuff that I had been constructed. So it was nice to kind of take a, um, she had online classes, Jules Mitchell. So she, I, she's one of my favorite people on the planet. And so she, um, uh, yeah, had a style that I connected with and that I felt like I could do. And so I just started moving again, doing, um, doing more, uh, just varied movements and just playing with, with different things and, um, slowly but surely kind of building, my ability to, um, move more freely back into my world. So, um, anyway, that's kind of in a nutshell where we are and I'm still working through this. Like I still, um, you know, something comes up and then, um, I just kind of explore and see what that is. I think the, um, one of the biggest takeaways I've got, if I learned nothing else from pain science, it was hearing, um, Lorimer Mosley, um, described the dims and sims. And, um, he said in what, uh, yeah, I just absorbed, I, I like watched any, any free video of Lorimer Mosley on, on YouTube. And in one of his talks, uh, you know, he said, it, basically they look, he asks people what, what in my life is contributing to threat in me and what in my life is contributing to danger in me. And that's been the single most helpful thing that I I've learned um, through this whole journey is what, what, see, what, what is my system? What is my whole self perceiving? Um, and that perceiving is a big word perceiving is threat. And then what do I do about that? Is it a set of thoughts? Is it an actual thing? Is it people? (laughs) Is it a job? Is it whatever? Um, and trying to, reduce the list of sins and then, um, make my list of the, what feels safe, what is enjoyable, what is good, what is, um, beneficial, make that bigger. (laughs) So, yeah. So anyway, there you go. And thank you so much, Tammy, for, for sharing with us, um, some of your journey, which is now almost 20 years in the making, right? Yeah. from 1999 on. Yeah. Um, and I know we've, we've talked in the past before, but I've learned about some new similarities between us just in this, this sharing of your story today. Um, and there's a couple of things that I kind of want to touch upon um, that I found very interesting. The, the 
idea when you said that you were in massage therapy school and this kind of notion that was was set up that maybe alternative and complementary medicines were better, I think is a very common thing for people to believe, especially when they've had negative experiences um, in healthcare. Um, and I think that's something that needs that that we need to talk about a little bit. Um, so as to why that is, and then when you went into tr- the traditional healthcare model, you didn't have very good experiences um, in the workers' compensation system, where you said you felt that you were dismissed and not believed, and almost that you're being that your your character as a person is being interrogated rather than them trying to figure out um, the nature of your pain. And then when you went to the doctor about the hip bursitis, and he's just like, "Good luck." Um, what? Would, would you have wished would have happened in those t- types of settings that that might have made that a more appealing option for you to go a more traditional route in healthcare? Because I imagine that there's a lot of traditional clinicians that are that are listening that might um, might want to hear what that would be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what I've what I have wanted. Um, Well, I think, um, like in the workman's comp thing, and I get, you know, I, I don't even know how all that works. And I get, I get that there's people that are, um, making fraudulent claims and stuff like that. And they have to be on the lookout for that. I guess I just, um, didn't feel like a person. I felt like a, a problem and I felt uh, uh, like right off the bat that I was a liar. But again, you know, this is not, you, you know, unless you're, working specifically in that, you know, I think, you know, other, other physical therapists, doctors, whatever are going to be different, but, um, uh, yeah, I just felt like they were looking right, right through me. Um, and I think they, um, there were certain things that weren't lining up with like their, their like set of criteria or whatever, um, that's, that I just wasn't fitting that. And it's just like, Oh, well, you don't fit this like little box where X equals whatever. Um, so then it's not true. So it's not real. So, um, so yeah, that is a little hard to say like what I would have wanted there because I just felt like I was just in this, like just really poorly working system where they had to, where they had to approach me first as though I was lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, but then as far as the other doctor, um, I mean, I can see now, like what would have been great is if he had some referrals is like, oh, that's really hard. And, um, you know, look, I don't specialize in chronic pain, but here is somebody who does, um, and at least give me some direction to go in rather than just like, oh, that's too bad for you. Um, yeah. So maybe like just some, somebody to refer out to, um, yeah, I think that that those those would be the big the big things takeaways from those. But yeah, yeah and it, you know, by any means, not anti. Like I said, not anti. No, no, yes, and I, I recognize that. Um, yeah. It just it's a common thing for a lot of patients. I feel like don't feel like they're heard within yeah. um, healthcare systems, mm-hmm. uh, and often feel dismissed. Whether it's because of a system that's set up. Um, to question first and treat later or a system where someone is just ill-equipped to, to deal with a complex ongoing chronic pain problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are better ways that we can go, go forward with just making patients feel heard and believed and then supported in any way that that, that 
clinician can mm-hmm. um, support them. The yeah. other thing that I noted too is when you, we um, had kind of very similar mindsets, although different approaches, because I was in that the work comp system for four years and went through traditional routes of physical therapy and all that. But that notion of there being, and we we both um, were involved with the same kind of movement method that's very posturally focused and alignment focused that also does some really good things because that was yeah. where I had experienced really um, my greatest relief in terms uh-huh. of of my pain and movement, but it was all tied to those notions of there being a certain way to move and a, a certain alignment of the body, the, the, um, the natural alignment or the optimal, optimal alignment of the body. Um, in those types of environments, whether it's a traditional route or a Pilates or yoga or, um, any kind of movement method, um, what do you think would help people to not then feel so dependent on that particular method for their, their relief or their getting better? Cause you had mentioned that for after you had stopped Pilates, even mm-hmm. though you had all of these other things that were going on in your life that were incredibly stressful, um, that you had attributed your pain going up to not doing Pilates anymore, to not, to not being able to do that anymore and that you experienced relief with other movement methods too, but then they were short lived. Uh Um, and they're always tied to those same, those similar notions of this is how you get out of pain. Like how do you think as a yoga teacher, as someone who works as a movement professional, that we can get away from, from making people believe that, that there's specific ways that they need to move to stay pain free. Cause I loved when you said that, after you found pain science, you were able to start moving freely again. Like that's yeah, what I yeah. want for everybody. So how as a movement professional, um, do you, do you think we can go about doing that? Um, oh gosh, this is, this is one of my like kind of passions about what I do. And, um, honestly very proud that I do it differently because it's, uh, because I hear it all the time. Um, I really, when something's helping somebody, when I'm working, obviously I'm not, you know, getting people out of pain, but it's inevitable that like, you know, I I work alongside, um, uh, you know, people, doctors, uh, physical therapists and stuff who are uh, referring people to me to just help move in, in, in ways that are helpful for them. So I'm not treating them, but I, I do work with people. Who, uh, who are learning to move with pain. And um, when something works and is helpful, I really take the opportunity to, as best I understand, explain why that was helpful so that it wasn't the thing we did or it wasn't me, but this is, it, it worked because, oh, this is a new movement for you. And there is, you know, a big thing in pain science is that when you have new interesting movement, there seems to be like a connection, of the, you know. Um, so I try to explain like kind of why it's working so that they can then um, have a greater understanding themselves, the, themselves so that they're not necessarily dependent on me to now give them the next thing that maybe the next time they'll be like, Oh, you know what? I haven't moved differently in a while. And I know that when I did this different thing with Tammy, that was helpful. Maybe I could try mixing up my routine a little bit and see what happens. Right. So, um, I'm real big on empowering people and, and really emphasizing 
Um, like I, just the other day I had a gentleman, um, come to see me now this was kind of cool to work with him because when I first started working with him several, like years and years ago, um, I was very much in the, like, you have to have your pelvis in this position and your spine in this position. Right. So I taught him like, Oh, I taught him how to sit and bend over correctly, always hinge, always this. And so it was really cool for him to come back and see me and he still had the same like low back pain. Now I remember when the first time I showed, you know, I showed him all this, it was different, but I'm like, Oh, well, I think it worked. Cause it was just different. It was just doing something different. Right. And, uh, I was helping him move in a different way. Well, now he had like gotten himself into, this is the only position I was like, Oh, I like, we don't always get, as you grow and move, uh, like learn more as a professional, you don't always get to like, kind of get a read like when you realize like, Oh, that maybe wasn't the best thing to be telling people. You don't always get the chance to do it over. I'm like, Oh, I have the chance to do it over. So, um, so anyway, I just took the, the opportunity to explain like, Hey, I've spent the last several years learning some really different things. Um, and we seem to have gotten you convinced that you can only have your pelvis and low spine in this position. And let's like kind of deconstruct that a little bit because that's what I've been doing. And so I just kind of explained to him, um, a little bit, we just, we did some different movements. We just, I just kind of saw how, you know, how his spine would feel moving into flexion, posterior tilt a little bit. Um, anyway, there was a whole, the whole way I kind of went about doing that. And then, and then, and then he, he thinks it's like magical and, oh my God, my spine has, I haven't felt good going to this position forever. Like, and so his tendency is to want to like, okay, this is the new rule. Then, okay, so now I do this. And I'm like, no, it's just, we just gave you more options. We just gave you more movement options rather than this one fixed position to be in. And, um, and this is again, you know, he's seeing his, his, uh, doctor and physical therapist and stuff. So so we're just, I'm like, we're just playing and see what, what seem what your body seems to respond well with. And so I was just really careful to like, this is not the thing that you do. It's, it's look at, you have all these movement options and we're just seeing what, what, how many options we can give you to move. And we've worked with your breath and we've kind of worked with your thought process and a little, and, you know, just, um, and then I sent him videos. I sent him a bunch of Peter. Uh, he, he was like floored by a Peter O'Sullivan video that I sent him and he's like, sent it to all his friends. And was like, Oh my God, this everybody needs to know about this. Right. And it's the best possible thing that could happen in that situation. So, um, that was just exciting. So I just, am really trying to like, um, the education that I had to dig for, um, I'm trying to just help get that out to people. Um, and then to, for who it makes sense with. Um, yeah. So just like trying to educate people the best I know how and um, empower people really. I just really wish I, that I had been more empowered um, with concepts, like very simple concepts than like very complicated rigid systems, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think in physical therapy training, we are often trained in, in rigid systems of movement and things. And when I <clears throat> have students in the clinic, it's interesting because it almost makes their head explode when I go against that and, and tell, no, it's okay if people move differently or or don't move with a perfect abdominal, transverse abdominus contraction and, and such. But to get back to your story, because it was a great story. You mentioned that a lot of times, well, first off, you mentioned that when you're in that workers' comp situation, you kind of had lost your personhood or your humanity a little bit. You were just a problem versus a person. 
And you, you also mentioned that a lot of things around your pain revolved around stressful circumstances in life. You mentioned some anxiety and depression issues. And overall, feeling like you had a lack of coping skills to, to kind of get through that stuff. And mm-hmm. oftentimes we ascribed our problems to a lack of that movement rule or, or, or thing in our life, that passive intervention. But what would you recommend for first for maybe healthcare people to to do to maybe better understand the human instead of the problem the quote problem in front of them um what kind of things could they incorporate in their practice just to kind of get a better view of that person and and instead of them being a problem them being a human being with a with an experience of pain yeah um and do you mean just them knowing as a professional or the way that they interact with the patient or both? Well, it could be both. I think what do you, maybe what, what would help uh, professionals recognize that, you know, it's, and I think we've alluded to a little bit with the pain science discussions uh, a little bit already, but you know, what could they incorporate into a patient interaction? Um, you know, cause nobody was asking you about your stress or your life circumstances. It didn't sound like, I mean, what, what kind of things could, could somebody who right. m- might have encountered you along your path and instead of uh, ascribing a, a new fix or, or new method that maybe recognized, you know, the other parts of your life that were going on at the time? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, when it comes from an understanding, I mean that the, the, the person working with a person in front of them has to, has to really, I think, believe and understand that there, that this that it's all connected and that the person's mental and emotional um, reality at the time is very much influencing their physical reality. I think I still even, I, I, I study this and I'm like just immersed in this all the time. And I still sometimes can still underestimate just how much our beliefs and our thoughts and our emotions like, um, play a huge part in, uh, your experience of pain in any, in any illness. Um, so I think a really, I think really deep understanding of that. And there's, I mean, all, all sorts of, um, you know, books and resources and podcasts and stuff that discuss this connection. I think just really embedding that themselves as the, um, as a therapist. And then, um, I think one of the, questions that I ask people a lot just to, because I think it's a sensitive thing. I have to really feel out with somebody because I'm a yoga person. That means I work with the whole person. And so it really, like, I know, I know that I'm never just working with a physical person, but it's often what comes in and it's often what people think is, is the main problem and it, and it, and is the, is really the biggest issue. And so I'm very careful to like, not go right into like, Oh my God, you're straight. Like I'm hearing all the stress and that's the cause of all your problems. Like I'm really delicate with it because I'm not sure how each person is going to like take that or hear that. So, um, sometimes a, a lot of times, um, uh, actually, my first question is when they've told me, you know, I usually get the whole story of like, here's what's, um, you know, here's what's going on. Here's my whole past, my whole history and all my, all my problems. And I'll ask them, you know, when did you first start having issues with this? And then when they tell me, I'll say like, what else was going on in your life at the time? And just that simple question, like, um, again, before I'm even suggesting that anything going on in their life at the time had had a part to to play in their their pain um it just at least gets them to first like 
put the two together, even just by thinking it and then verbalizing it. So, um, and then, and then I hear all sorts of things, right? So I hear like, oh, you know, well, actually, like, sometimes I'm like, well, not much, but I mean, I, you know, my mom died right before that. And actually we moved and my son, like, went to jail. <laughs> like, you know, you hear all of these things start to come. No, no kidding. All these things start to come out. And sometimes I've had people just even in that question and them starting to say what else was going on in their life at the times of like kind of these greatest moments of pain. Um, you see like, like the light bulbs start to go on. Um, and so I think that's a good starting place. And then it's really then feeling out, um, like tuning into the person in front of you, how much are they willing to have a conversation like right now um, about how they're, mind and their emotions and their relationships and their life has to do with what what's going on with them um so it just depends person to person so i don't know if that helps no absolutely i thought that was great um one last question and i'll let joe uh take over with some other questions is you mentioned that the pain signs lens really kind of changed your perception of a lot of the improvements you had but also some of the struggles you had what are like the major maybe concepts in pain science that you felt really were the game changers for you to really better conceptualize the experience you were having with pain? Uh, the game changers. Um, I think that, um, probably that the movements, uh, that I was safer with movement than I thought I was, that there wasn't as many dangerous positions or movements as I had like really kind of, I developed this laundry list of things that you weren't allowed to do. And so just a lot more things were available, right? Because um, I was learning that like spinal flexion isn't terrible <laughs> um, in certain positions and, um, and, and really that it's, um, oh, I think like a, a big thing was the, um, novel movements. So I think that I kept coming across that a lot, that novel in new, interesting movement, um, seems to be helpful. And so that, um, kind of, that really started giving me permission to play. And, and once I started trying, like that kind of gave me the freedom to try some new things. And, um, and when I did, uh, I got better when I built like a bigger variety of things to do, um, that, that helped more. And so, um, what were some other, I think really just be, I, I think so much of my knowing that everything was connected felt a little hippy dippy to me. Maybe that's like my old, like, um, you know, the alternative, like new agey, like, you know, massage therapy, yoga, whatever. Um, it started validating, I think a lot of that for me, but I don't know, there was like, you know, like a lot of us seem to need some science behind maybe some instincts and intuitions that we had. So it started, um, and I think that was just, that calmed me down because I, it was continually like what's going on with me, you know, I, the, all the catastrophizing is something ripping, tearing, shredding, <laughs> falling apart in me. And, um, to realize that, um, there was probably much, much, to, if not like zero damage happening in me. Um, and that it was okay. Like I wasn't going to uh, blow up something if I moved the wrong way. It was huge. So, yeah. I can relate so much to that because like I would, I remember 
giving voice to some of my fears at one time where I, I, after successfully moving in and doing stuff that I had been afraid of for a long time, it was after snowboarding. And I think I conceptual or said that my femur didn't explode through my thigh and didn't realize until I had said that, that that was even a thought that I had in my head because we have so much of that language tied in with pain, that ripping, tearing, shredding, exploding, like you just said. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and don't realize how much that, just that language alone can play into our experiences and our understanding of, of what's going on. So being able to change that understanding sounds like it was, was pretty huge for you as it was for me. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things that, that I, that sounds like it was really powerful for you, but that kind of lost some of that power along the way because of, um, tying it to the methodology, but that when you had first started Pilates, you had mentioned that you had a really good teacher and that, um, he continually reminded you that you were strong and that helped give you some more confidence in your body and what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those are such important aspects of that therapeutic relationship too. just having that, that good teacher that listens to you as a person first and kind of figures out, um, where you're at and then helping you to feel strong and more confident. Um, Mm -hmm. sounds like it was a pretty, pretty significant thing for you and something that you engender now, um, going forward. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I can look back, you know, at that and even, um, in the, the, with the method that I got in involved with, um, at the time too, you know, as I look at, you know, why, why was that so helpful? One, I think it was new. I just was doing some new, interesting movement and I was in, yeah, just moving in a different way. And then also, um, I was being taken care of by somebody like nurtured and cared for the, the person that I was working with was very kind, very kind of like this very like kind of gentle fatherly sort of, sort of figure in a time that was really, really rough and that I felt, um, very insecure and, um, unstable. And he just provided like kind of like a calm support. Right. So I mean, I think that if we look at like the biopsychosocial, I just had now all of a sudden this very, um, like good bit of social support. Um, and yeah, I was being cared for and I didn't feel very cared for in, in some other areas of my life. Um, so that's, yeah. So I started putting together, Oh, there was this like, like, right. There's more, relationally, I think, um, just human to human that was going on, um, then even, you know, probably what, whatever exercises and stuff that I was doing, that was a big part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I love your story as far as, you know, how, and this is such a common thread we hear with patients, at least in our clinic, as far as persistent pain patients who have this, you mentioned a safe movement plan, as far as you had really built a a pretty large repertoire, and you mentioned your laundry list of things you couldn't, uh, that you were not allowed to do, as far as we're Mm -hmm. unsafe, and things. I mean, in healthcare, I mean, how do you think in general, you know, because I love the fact that we have yoga teachers out there, you know, talking pain science. I think we need there's not enough physical therapists. There's not enough anybody talking pain science. And you can see, I mean, <laughs> such simple things of just breaking these movement rules. We put so many people in like movement jail 
Um, and yes. sometimes we self-impose it upon ourselves, and there's a lot of stuff on Google and the internet and various methods that can get us there. Not and not because people purposely try to you know do harm to us, but with a poor right. understanding of pain, it can put us there. What's your thoughts on what do you think we can better do to just get the word out for pain science? I mean, how do we get this to the public? Do we, what what kind of initiatives would you recommend? Joe's doing a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. with Epic Colorado um, and, you know, love what she's doing up there. Are you involved in anything down here or is there anything you think we would, you know, that c- could do to better help the general public? Because sometimes, unfortunately, I get depressed because it seems like it falls on deaf ears when we talk about medical, we talk about this to medical colleagues because it's just such a flip of the yeah. script of how they were trained and how they're really taught to look at it or not really look at a human being, but look at their image or, or x-ray. Anything that you, from your experience in your yoga profession and, and other travels that you think we could do to better get this information out there to, to the general public? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know that, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I know to the medical profession, how that's going to be communicated. I think there's smarter people than, than I am and people in positions than I am. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating myself. Um, <laughs> to, I think you are. <laughs> to communicate that um, to kind of like, I don't know, a larger, larger audience. I mean, I see what's going on. I just watched a, a talk today with um, Lorimer um Lorimer Mosley, where he's, they were doing like this whole tour around Australia, I think like riding their bikes or whatever, and then just going and talking to groups of people, like um, just regular, regular folk and, um, and professionals as well. And just trying to just, just get out as much pain care uh, or uh, pain science information to just everybody as possible. So, I mean, for the, for the, the, I don't know, that's a big task for you, Mark, I think. Um, I know how I'm doing it is I just try to have as many conversations as I can with people, the people that I work with. Um, uh, and uh, like t- today, the guy who was was uh, amazed um, that I gave him the back pain stuff I said I you know I sent him videos and I'm like send it to all your friends like just spread the good news <laughs> like it's now it's up to us to like kind of give more people the information and then I just try to you know direct to good PTs and um, medical professions that can that I can work alongside with so um, that's as that's yeah. my answer for that so far yeah <laughs> no, I-, I am gonna say too one thing mark because Tammy um, works for with us at endless possibilities initiative too so she is a part of yeah, all of our that. retreats and does um, our movement and mindfulness and pain science sessions with us so she's yeah. doing those things too <laughs> and no. I post things you know just posting videos on social media and all that good stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that's all awesome stuff to kind of reach out and kind of maybe bypass some of the channels that seem to get bogged down with biomedical thinking and traditional ways of looking at it. And I obviously you two are uh, two great examples of folks that are trying to to make a, a good change and, and help because you've both uh, you know Joe's story always you know amazes with you know getting better despite healthcare a lot of times, um, and we hear those stories more than I'd like to say. Uh, with patients who have really become successful by incorporating pain science and things. But, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you, Tammy, uh, more and more about this stuff because it's obviously fascinating stuff to us. 
But uh, where can people, I know you're here located in Phoenix, but where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you and maybe pursue your services? Yeah, I'm, um, my website is um, livemovebeyoga.com. So live like live your life, move as in move within your life and be as, a, as I don't know, existential being <laughs> uh, <laughs> yoga.com. And uh, my contact information is all in there. So. Well, awesome. I really, really appreciate your time tonight. And I really am impressed with your story and kind of what you're doing down there uh, with your live be yoga. I probably butchered that. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> as, I will, as the professional, you, mis- you missed the move part in there. <laughs> yeah, that's sad, isn't it? I apologize for that. But uh, we're going to put your website on the show notes so folks can see uh, where you're at and kind of check you out on the internet. I think we need more folks like you out in the yoga community. I'm happy that folks like Neil Pearson and others are, are, are really putting out a good message for our yoga professionals and, and helping them get a better handle on pain science and incorporate in their practice, which you're an awesome example of that. So thank you so much for your time tonight, you. and uh, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. What another awesome story from someone who really has done some amazing things to live well with pain. Some of the interesting things that came out in her interview that I thought was worth uh, bringing up again as we wrap things up after the podcast is the movement rules. And I think we have to be just conscious as practitioners, clinicians, um, whether we're in physical therapy, yoga, chiropractic, uh, physicians, whatever it may be. Um, these rules that we ascribe to people as far as, and really boxing them into what I like to call movement jail, man, it just can really limit somebody's movement repertoire, cause a lot of tension, and just in general, not be a helpful way for someone to try to navigate life when they're so conscious on the movement experience and so tense and protected and braced. And there's a lot of narratives out there that uh, provide such rigid movement rules and the overwhelming themes that I get when I talk to people like Tammy and Joletta in the last episode with Samantha is these rigid postural rules and sets that they often follow that often with good intentions, but as science has moved forward, we know that we have to move past those narratives. So hopefully as we move forward and we educate and we learn more about pain science and uh, science continues to progress, we'll think twice before we really start giving everybody these movement rules. Again, it's not to say posture is completely meaningless and doesn't matter for some people or being stronger on the back isn't important. But man, some of the things we do to people with these rules and rigid uh, perceptions of how they're safe to move can really become a, uh, a negative experience for a patient. So with that said, I just wanted to thank you all for tuning in this week and this month, I should say, and we will be continuing to tell stories of patients, and I hope you continue to tune in. Please take a peek at modernpaincare.com and subscribe to our podcast and blog, and we will continue to keep you updated on future podcast episodes and educational opportunities through Modern Pain Care. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. You have been listening to the Modern Pain Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, or SoundCloud. For more information about our podcast and notes on each episode, check out our website at modernpaincare.com. Make sure you follow us on social media as we share amazing free content to help change the story around pain.